0: Guys, I'm so excited for this week's episode because I have my good friend Constance on. Constance and I met via Instagram like I think almost 5 years ago. She reached out to me because of a video that was on my website and told me that it brought her to tears and instantly we just connected. And on a spur of a moment, spur of a moment, on a whim, I flew down to LA and we've been good friends ever since. So I am so pumped and honored that she is willing to come on the podcast and share with you guys from the heart, very vulnerably, all about perfectionism. You're listening to the Anxious Creative Podcast, episode 29. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. All right, welcome to the podcast, Constance Robin, my lovely friend from California.
1: Hi. Hi. I I feel so excited to be here because I feel like um, really cool people hang out on your podcast and I'm so excited that I am now in that group of
0: cool people (laughs) you're so awesome (laughs) only cool people just kidding everyone's allowed to be on this podcast or everyone's accepted in this podcast now i feel less special (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't supposed to make you feel less special (laughs) that's supposed to make you feel i don't know anyway we are going (laughs) to chat about perfectionism because i know that's been a struggle for you um and you've just recently opened up your own salon so for anyone who doesn't know who you are give us a little lowdown.
1: Oh man. Okay. Well, my name is Constance Robbins and I've been a hairdresser for over 15 years. And, um, I just opened up a 1300 square foot salon and, um, it's kind of been, um, uh, an evolution of, I don't know, I guess, goals. Like I never thought I would open a salon and then here I am. And, uh, just been trying to figure out like who I am, like as a business owner. Um, I'm also a global artist for a hair color company called Matrix. And I've been doing that almost as long as I've been doing hair. So,
0: Yeah, that's so cool. You like started yeah. educating with them right away, didn't you?
1: I was 19. I ah. was a baby. So I would go into salons and I would lie about how old I was. I'd be like, oh, I've been doing hair for three years. I'm 23. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary.
0: <laughs> I feel like everyone does that. Or they always like include their um, hair school year. Yeah. Leroy is yeah. eating my recycling right now. <laughs> Okay, so you became a hairstylist, how long, you said, 20 or 10 years ago? <laughs> um, years ago?
1: A little over 15 years ago. So I went okay. to cosmetology school while I was in high school. Um, they had like an ROP program, which is basically like you can learn like as part of your credits for high school. Mm-hmm. And I got my license like shortly after I graduated high school.
0: Cool. So tell us a little bit about the struggles you've had with perfectionism throughout your career perfectionism sorry i can't say that throughout your career has it held you back from doing things has it kept you and what have you learned i know you've let go a lot of that perfectionism over the last little bit opening your salon but take us on a little bit of path because i know there's a lot of hairstylists out there or just creative entrepreneurs that want everything to be perfect before they move forward
1: Right. I mean, I think perfectionism, like sometimes we can look at it as a good trait because like it strives us to be better. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I first started taking photos of the hair that I would do in the salon, I would, I would like study them and be like, wow, this, this area needed to be blended better or this, I could have done better on the blowout. So the finish looks smoother. And so it made me like really critique myself and compare myself to like my own work, um, which was good. But then I got to a point where it started really becoming like very crippling for me um, and I didn't realize it until people actually started pointing it out to me. They're like, you have a problem with not being perfect. I think you were one of the people that said that to me. Like, do you struggle with perfectionism? <laughs> and I'm like, um, no. I, I, don't, I just like, I'm very particular about what I do. And I think as you know, as creatives, like we, we put ourselves into our work. Like literally we are who uh, we put out into the world. And if we're not happy with what that is, whether it be like what our salon looks like or what our, um, the hair that we produce looks like or even like our outfit at like a hair show when you're meeting other hairdressers like you just put so much value in in like who you are as a person with
0: oh gosh I've never thought
1: of that (laughs) (laughs) I mean you know it's just like I think it's just a creative you know I think that's like there's so many like tortured artists you know totally
0: yeah
1: and so um but it really like came full force, like this like big ugly beast of perfectionism as I started opening my salon because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the first salon owner that ever opened their salon on time under budget and had the most beautiful high-end bougie (laughs) salon that you've ever seen. (laughs) And
0: did you get all of those
1: things? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I've had, I've learned to like, it's been a process of learning how to let go and being okay with the process.
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm just do you still feel like you're still it. learning? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I feel like every single day, it's like I literally have to tell myself, like, you know, you've come really far. You're doing good things. Like you're working on it, and you can't. You know, I think it's so easy to take a look at like your friends' progress, and you know, I'm friends with a lot of very successful people, and look at their salon or their business or their brand or their Instagram, and be like, well comparing myself where I'm at to where they are, but they may be five, 10 years into their business or into their salon ownership. And I can't, you can't do that because, you know, I'm not looking at them where, where they were like at my point. I don't, that didn't come out right. It's funny how like
0: you can also (laughs) spread yourself so thin amongst, like you are seeing, you're looking at 10 people thinking you have to keep up with all 10 of their things, but they're all focusing on only one.
1: That's so true. And that's so true. And so many of those people are not doing it alone. No. They have a team. <laughs> so, you know, so, and, and here I am just like me and my dog and my husband <laughs> and occasionally my dad <laughs> trying to get all this stuff done. Family business. You know. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's so true. Like, you know, this person has a webinar and this person has, you know, does lives every single night of the week. And this person, it has... X amount of followers and this person makes, you know, six figures behind the chair and you're like, now I have to do all of those things to be successful.
0: Yeah. In reality, they're all focusing on only one thing. And you're yeah. feeling like you have to keep up with all of them. Yeah.
1: I think it's a pride thing and it's like definitely an ego thing. It,
0: yeah. And it's hard to even admit that. Like like to, to be at that point right now where you can even say that. I think so mm-hmm. many people convince themselves that it's not, or they're not, not even convince themselves, but they're not willing to be honest with themselves that it's like, we somehow feel like we're less than when we see someone else doing better than us. And instead of celebrating people's successes, we start to almost like envy them and get jealous of them. And like, not even think like, we just like, because we don't want to admit that we're feeling ugly about ourselves. We like start to put ugly feelings towards other people.
1: Yeah. And and unfortunately I wasn't at that point, like during my salon opening, I felt those things in the past, like with Instagram, you know, like when, when, you know, people started getting a lot of opportunities and I was feeling like I, I couldn't keep up like a couple of years ago, but the feelings that I was feeling was these people are doing it so well and they're killing it and I admire them so much and I will never be them mm. and I can't live up to them. And so like, why am I even trying? Oh, that's hard. And <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, it's just, it's the truth, you yeah, know, but it's reality. Um, and the thing, honestly, that, that like really helped me so much. Like you always talk about like your breakthrough that you had, with Nina at her class, like my mm-hmm. breakthrough was at hair love club when the panel of um, hair bosses were like talking about all of their failures. And once I started hearing like Elizabeth Faye and Rebecca Taylor and like Jamie C and all these people talk about the immense thing, like failures that they went through and bankruptcies and money's lost and all of these things, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not the only person who's ever felt this way. And it just like lifted this weight off of my shoulders. I realized that like, people that I admire Mm -hmm. have struggled and failed. Like it gave me like permission to be like, if I don't do this perfectly, like I'm not going to, it's not the end of everything.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so it was really freeing. And from then on out, like honestly, I have just felt so good. (laughs) Like I just felt, Like I, and I acknowledge the fact that like, you know, kind of like an alcoholic. You're like, hi, my name is Constance Robbins and I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Like I can acknowledge it. And so because I'm like aware of it, like it sounds so dramatic, but it's just like I, now that I'm like aware, like I can kind of be like, like I just had a new stylist start. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted everything to be perfect for her to move in. That's not going to happen. It's not real life. Mm -hmm. And so we finished a lot of stuff that was on our to-do list. But one of the things was we wanted to install an additional sink in the back and it got halfway installed. And I was like, you know what? I have focused on like all of the stuff that we did accomplish. And I'm like, that sink will get done and it's okay. And she moved in and she freaking loves it. And she was totally fine with using the other sink in the back and not the new sink. Like it's, it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, um, I don't know. It's like, I have been a lot easier on myself. I'm starting to treat myself like how I would treat one of my friends as opposed to treating myself like an enemy.
0: Cause that true. Like if we talk, to others, how we talk to ourselves, no one would be our friend.
1: Mm-hmm. I know everyone would hate me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, and we put this, we put this unachievable standard on ourselves. Even so I just launched um, an online program and I, if I would have been caught up in perfection, I would have never launched it, launched it. Mm-hmm.
1: I it was so for- fabulous.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: I, uh, I forgot
0: to press record on my first um, online class. And I was like, that was like, prob- I'm, I hope I'm hoping that was my best one ever, but you know, like Murphy's law, it was so good and I have mm-hmm. no record of it. And I was like kicking myself and I was like, I can't get caught up in this and stay fo- not focused on this and then not move forward. Like, I just got to be like, okay. And the more I've learned to accept that failure is going to be there no matter what, the more I can be like, okay, I'm going into this. There's going to be failures and I'm going to work through it as I go.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's, it's easy to forget because we're so critical of ourselves, but there's people watching you like those, there were people on that webinar that were be like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know how she like put this all together. Like it, I don't even know how to put together a PowerPoint or I don't even know how to run a webinar or mm-hmm. all of those things. And there's other people looking at us where we currently are in our lives and mm-hmm. thinking I could never get to where they are. And all we're worrying about is not pushing that record button. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like giving ourselves grace and allowing ourselves to grow from from you know challenges that have happened, as opposed to beating ourselves up for our quote unquote failures, yeah, is is such an empowering and like peaceful thing to start to give yourself.
0: Totally. And like, if you talk to anyone who has gone farther than you and ask them, like, talk to me about how you got to where you go, where you are right now, they will tell you all about the failures along the way, and mm-hmm. the biggest thing that separates it is just not quitting. Yeah, like you're only, like it's really only a failure if you stop.
1: Yeah, and you sent me that. Like, you've been such a good friend in this whole thing. I'm just gonna brag about you on your podcast. But <laughs> yeah. can you you've actually been just talk good...
0: really amazing things about me this whole time?
1: <laughs> Don Bradley is the best person I know. <laughs> 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 um, but I mean, really, like having having friends like you that I can literally just call up and like be like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. struggling so bad. Like I just need like, like sometimes I would just call to you call you and like vent about what was going on. Yeah, and you were like. Yep, I went through that and I'm like, you did? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> like I'm not the only, you know, I'm not a loser, like I'm okay and, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can pick yourself up and um I think it's so important to surround yourself with people that not only are like-minded like you, but people who are doing things that you want to be doing because I think that we end up being lifted up to, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with. So if you're around people who are you know, not doing the goals and, you know, crushing it and just kind of sticking where they're at. If if you're happy where you're at, then that's fine. But I think if you have big goals and you want to do things like surrounding yourself with those type of people is in- incredibly inspirational and, and really motivating because, mm-hmm. you know, I may not w- ever want to do a webinar, like you're doing this new path of online education, but seeing you you know, work so hard and put things together and put yourself out there, even though you knew that it wasn't going to be perfect is inspiring, even though that's not the path that I'm taking.
0: Right. It's inspiring to push yourself into the unknown and the discomfort and there's no guarantee that it'll work out, but you gotta do it. Yeah. My biggest fear is like looking back and wishing I would have tried. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever like look back and be like, Oh, I should have tried. Right. So that's what like motivates me. And now that I've like done those webinars, I'm like, Oh, Okay, that wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. I like worked it up into this huge thing in my head.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was actually something that I kind of I can relate to that like with hiring my first stylist is that this unknown of like this mystery person that would be working in my space after I've spent so much money and I have this almost pure white salon. <laughs> I mean, like white walls, white countertops, white yeah. stations. Like, what was I thinking? Uh, but, I have all white too. I love it. It looks so good. I know. Good. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, you know, I was like, what if they come in and they like, you know, break something or if they like splash color on something. And because like, it was unknown and I was just like letting fear, like, I was like, I don't want to hire anybody. I don't want to do it. It'll just be me and Brimley. Mm-hmm. Um, Brimley is my dog in case you guys... <laughs> or wondering who that is
0: like Leroy's best friend if they ever got to meet
1: yeah they're Instagram friends Mm -hmm. Um, no they don't have their own Instagrams but um so I you know once I hired her I realized like it it was I was missing this like camaraderie and like fun in the salon like I missed that that dynamic and now I'm excited to bring more people on and so Mm -hmm. sometimes like what you're saying like just taking that first step and just trying Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, my husband was like, well, you know, if you don't like the person you hire, then just you can fire them. You're the business owner. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. it doesn't work that way. But yes, thank you.
0: I think (laughs) one of the big things that I've learned in the last little while, sorry, Leroy is being such a brat. No, come here. I like locked him in my office so he wouldn't make noise. And now he's making actually more noise. Um, I've entered into relationships and business, like business relationships, but even like friendships and stuff. Reminding myself that like, Everything has a beginning and an end. And I don't know when the end's going to happen and maybe it doesn't happen for a real long time. Maybe does an end of a friendship or a business relationship doesn't end until, you know, one person dies, which sounds terrible, but there's always a beginning and end to everything. And so now Like when I had to let go my, my stylist that I had working for me, that was so hard. And I think Mm -hmm. I used to go into things thinking this is going to be perfect. This is going to be fun. And it's going to work out amazingly. And I never prepared myself for like, there will be a time where this ends and that's okay. Things are supposed to end. And so now I have a girl working out of my space that is self-employed, but I'm like, you know what? We have a contract. If it ends, like things can end well and on good terms too. Um, but like learning that everything has an end, whether it's good or bad or mutual or really. whatever.
1: During that whole time, I was like, is she going to end our friendship? <laughs> so <laughs> just that like,
0: to say, well, I've got you on the podcast.
1: <laughs> is this a hint? This is an
0: intervention. No, <laughs> oh, Can you imagine how
1: terrible would that be? No, I can totally relate. I mean, it, cause I, I did have like kind of a similar experience to you um, with your um, like men- mentee. Um, I had someone that I was mentoring and, it actually ended on his terms and not on mine. And and you know how that went. I mean, you were kind of with me through the whole process and, mm-hmm. and now realizing with my new stylist that, you know, I told her from the very beginning, I said, listen, like, cause a lot of salons in this area, like in Cal, I don't know if it's all over the U S but in California, especially there, a lot of them are doing like year long contracts and where, you know, if the stylist wants to leave, they can't until their contract is up. And I I told her, I was like, listen, like, you don't feel like this is the right fit for you. Or you don't, maybe we just don't vibe together. Or maybe there's an, you have a different dream or goal and you just realize it maybe, you know, a couple months in, I'm like, you, you deserve to be able to go where you feel like you fit in is right for you and no hard feelings. Like mm-hmm. if you want to open a salon one day, like you can ask me questions. Like it's okay. I don't expect you to work for me for the, like the, until the end of time. And I think having that mentality as a, you know, a salon owner is is so much more healthy than, you know, the competitiveness of like, no, you must stay here. And like, you can't, you have to be scared to leave, you know, because I want to empower my stylists to, you know, live their dreams and goals. Because if you were to ask me even two years ago, if I wanted to own a salon with stylists in it, I would have said no, Mm -hmm. you know, and things change. And so... And we're allowed to
0: change. I think we hold ourselves to things we've said in the past, realizing like thinking that we can't change. It's like you 100% can change. Right. You should. If you're not changing, ooh. Yeah
1: absolutely
0: oh my gosh isn't Constance the best I know that you guys are loving this episode as much as I am so I'm going to keep this real quick I just want to let you know that this episode of the Anxious Creative is brought to you by my mini course Rock Your Consultation your guide to no more unhappy clients I want to make sure that you're killing it each and every appointment and you and your clients are always on the same page so go check it out at dawnbradley.com under online learning So we've both have had experiences where we had people working for us and it ended and it was hard. And I know I was like, I'm just not cut out for this boss type thing. Like I was so stressed out. I wanted to make sure that I was giving enough, that helping her out enough, like give, like picking, uh, um, building her up for a good future. And then I realized I can only help someone out as much as they want to be helped and feeling like a failure of a boss that I wasn't able to give, give them what I needed. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just never going to be a boss again. And then I had to realize like, wait, that is one instance, one Mm -hmm. person, um, an amazing person, but maybe just not the right fit for my salon or maybe not the right fit for the way I am a boss. Or maybe I needed to, like, I learned so much throughout that year about how I need to learn to communicate better. And then now I have a girl that I'm mentoring that's in the salon and it's going amazing. And I'm taking all the things I learned from that year and applying them as well as just continuing to have like grace for myself of like, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to own it when I mess up as soon as I do and just keep communicating. And even when I brought her on and now I have like an admin girl that works for me as well. I say, I always say like, I'm probably going to forget some of these rules that I've laid out for you and I'm going to break them, but I'll try and catch them. But if you're ever feeling frustrated with me, please tell me as soon as possible. It's like nip it in the bud as quickly as possible. So we don't build resentment. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, if we didn't go through those struggles, then, and have things that didn't turn out ideal, then you don't have the growth and you don't know how to like address the next next situation. So, mm-hmm. if my first you know person that I mentored like was the most fabulous relationship and lasted forever and it turned into you know like an employee that worked there forever, whatever, then I wouldn't have taken that and reevaluated my business and changed up my contracts, changed up my hiring structure. i I reevaluated everything because I was like, okay, this didn't work. And it's not anybody's fault, but it needs to it needs to change because obviously that that particular method was not ideal mm-hmm. and um and I think that you know it's just like when you do hair, like if you did the hair perfect from day one, you probably wouldn't be a very good hairdresser because you'd never learn and grow and like learn from your mistakes, you know, but like,
0: yeah, like each who goes time to hair school and just like gets it right the first time,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> I feel like I sucked at hair until like I was like, gonna say. I feel like I got ago. it right away. <laughs> <Like, laughs> oh, right. sorry. <laughs> no, I mean like up until like a few years ago, I still feel like I feel like I learned more in the last couple of years, you know, being on Instagram than I did in the whole, you know, 12, 13 years before that because I was really able to like look at what I was doing and mm. and learn from my, what was going right and going wrong because when a guest just like walks out their front door, you're like, oh, they look fabulous. Okay, bye. And then mm-hmm. like you know, you don't really know. You can't really like critique yourself when you're photographing it you're like wow like you know i can improve this like how can i make this better
0: mm-hmm. you know so oh, and your color work for anyone who hasn't seen constance instagram page is amazing oh thanks constance robbins at constance robbins is that all is there
1: an underscore in that there, like, we've been friends for how many years and you don't know Yeah, well, i don't i mean, i should
0: know i know it's your name but i'm like is there an underscore I
1: yeah don't know. Just, just at constance robbins if you start typing in constance Usually, you'll see like my red hair pop up. Yeah. Like my profile picture. Like there's pictures. not a lot of
0: constances out there. Yeah. There's I, I, not a lot of constant. Just kidding. I was trying to do a play on words. <laughs> it, it failed terribly. That was exciting. Thank you. <laughs> Just trying to bring some pep into this episode, <laughs> liven it up a little bit. Um, the one phrase I heard about perfectionism once, which I thought was kind of cool, is like perfectionism often means that you your taste in things is at a higher level than where you are so like what you strive to be is better obviously but you're just you just need to put in the practice and the work to get there so often like people who have really good taste i don't know if that's the right way to describe and i forget where i heard it from but like if you've got good taste in things say you've got good taste in hair when you start doing hair you're going to want to have like the good, like the best of the best and realizing you have to take those steps to get there that no one got there overnight, like we were just saying. But when you have good taste, you often struggle because you want your work to be where the best is.
1: Mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that. I mean, I would like to say that I have good taste, but I think everybody always thinks that they have good taste. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you just, you know, you hold yourself to this caliber, like you mm-hmm. look at the people who you admire. And you're like, if I can't, do hair on that same level or have a salon on that same level or xyz you know then it's not enough
0: mm-hmm. and or like <clears throat> i'm only going to be a successful hairstylist if i have a salon i know lots of people think that
1: right or like the, the logical next step is
0: to is to open Did a fault. Now he just scratched at the door i think he saw okay. someone walk by outside <laughs> um maybe i just lay down He's like interrupting a lot during this episode, maybe because he knows it's you. He knows, he knows Brimley is here. Yeah. He's
1: like my friends,
0: Um, get them in
1: here. Um, (laughs) I forget what I was saying. No, you were talking about how, um, Oh my gosh. Now, no, my brain just went blank. Uh, You were, um, you were talking about how like salon owners don't think that they're successful unless they own a salon. And I, I, I used to feel that way too. I'm like, okay, like that's, you know, that's like the be all end all is being a salon owner. But I mean, I know so many people who are like really super influential in the industry, and maybe they've had a salon at some point and closed it down so they could do other things, or Mm -hmm. some of them just don't have that desire, and that's totally okay because owning a salon, like I, I never realized how hard it was until I was like in it because I opened two separate studios, one was you know bigger than the other, and you know designed my own space and bought all my own salon furniture and everything, and I was like, it's going to be exactly like I've done this, but it was just on a smaller scale. It's just like bigger like how hard can it be Mm -hmm. and it's totally different like you know paying rent and paying utilities and like having to like be responsible for like getting your hot water turned on like all of these things that you don't think about like you have to be there when like the internet man comes like and they're the window and they're like oh we're gonna set up your internet we'll be there between 8 a.m and 6 p.m like worst cool, <laughs> you know? And so, it, and that's not even like the most dramatic. It's like, there's so many things that you just don't think about unless you're in it. And I think that you shouldn't open a salon unless you really have that desire. You know, it's kind of like having kids, like you should have kids if you really, really want a kid, but don't <laughs> just have kids. Cause like your best friend's having so a kid. So that's
0: what the next thing you should do is. And I think that's the thing is like right. when people get to a certain place and maybe not so much with social media anymore, but people get to a certain place where they're like, all right, like, I guess my next step is owning. And, but really like lots of hairstylists are good at doing hair. They're not good at managing people. And I was like so thankful that I didn't jump into like needing to have 10 people to pay my rent because, oh, I would be trapped and I would feel sick. And then like kudos to the people who realize it and shut it down instead of staying in the trap because of pride, right? Like I think some people get into it because that's the next step. And then they realize I don't like managing. I like doing hair. And then they're stuck in like a 10 year lease and they need employees to keep it running. And I think that happens a lot. Yeah. They're not, they're hairstylists. They're not business owners.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, like your ego gets in the way and you just, you know, the perfectionism, like I have to run the most perfect salon, but it's like, if it's not your passion, then you shouldn't do it. I mean, the people who run salons, successful salons, they really love the mentorship. They love the business aspect of it. And you have to, or hire people that, that can do it really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, yeah, exactly.
0: And you quickly so. realize, like, I remember being a staff member and being like, I can't believe I only get 50% of what I bring in. And then you realize like how much a business does for you. Like they do all your bookings, they do all your cancelings. Like you just get to come to work and leave and they pay the rent. And I was like, Oh, now I see the whole commission thing. They're not being greedy. If anything, yeah. they're probably not—they're probably giving me too much, and they're probably not making enough. Like so many hair salon owners that work behind the chair have to work behind the chair because they're not paying themselves for running the business,
1: right? And there's so much—it's so much time too. Like, I mean, I'll talk to um, like our our friend Michelle Michelle mm-hmm. Hair on Instagram, and I'll talk to her like on a Sunday, and I'm like, "What you doing today?" And she's like, "Cleaning the whole salon." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> have fun." You know, it's just like there's so much off time. Like, I've never spent more time in my business not doing hair. Mm-hmm. And there because there's just little things to always do. I mean, just having my new stylist start, like I used to be able to buy like a small coffee creamer and it would actually expire <laughs> before I could use it. And literally like I bought a small one and it was gone almost gone by the end of the week, with just one week of her doing clients in the salon. Um, and so because all of her clients drink coffee and I was like, Wow, now I have to buy the big tubs. And it's just like okay, you know, you just kind of like lots of running to the store, lots of cleaning and and I, I am enjoying it. It's like, it, it, I'm not complaining, but it's just so different from what I was used to just having my own studio because you're just responsible for yourself. Like, if mm-hmm. you want to leave a color bowl in the back for the next day to clean, like you can do that. When you own a salon with other people in there, it's totally different. You yeah. gotta you, you gotta be nice. You know, you gotta take care of it. So, so.
0: what what was the date that your salon opened?
1: I mean, <sighs> like opened or like when i moved in because those are
0: when did you start
1: doing well no you did clients in there
0: like during construction when was like
1: not during construction but like i moved in and there was literally like a like a full-length mirror leaning against the wall and like an ikea dresser mm -hmm. with like my tools in it and that was there for like a week so when did you start doing
0: like clients all day every day for the
1: I mean, I moved in in like mid August, so I got my keys like July 1st and they moved in mid August. My contractor was fantastic and he was very quick, but it was all like the detail, like the icing on the cake, like the floorboards and like building the front desk. And, um, you know, I'm still having like doors being installed, like big barn doors and like,
0: but like, did you send an email? Sorry. What I'm going at is like, how long have you been a salon owner?
1: Oh, uh, I guess six months. Six months. like, whatever, August. Ish, yeah. Yeah, about six months. Okay. And so you're six months
0: in, which is like very early on to, to know if the answer, but having been through this past six months, would you do it again? Ooh, long pause.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I had to really think about that. I think if someone would have shown shown me the path of like all the emotional stuff I would have gone through and how much money I would have spent, mm-hmm. and and I had to like see all that at the same time at the beginning, like someone show me like a glimpse, I think it would have scared the crap out of me and I probably would have backed out.
0: Which is funny because I look at my life and I'm like, thank God I didn't know all the stuff up front. Cause I just had to take that leap. And the leap is a little bit scarier when you don't, you don't know what you're leaping into. I mean, less scary, like almost better to take that leap of faith. We can get too caught up in the details.
1: Right. I think I would have, and that's not to say I wouldn't do it, but I think it would have terrified me and I probably would have been too scared to try. Mm-hmm. And but, so I think it was actually good that I kind of had blinders on and had like this confidence of like, yeah, I'll kill it. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then slowly learn over the way, like how hard it is.
0: I wonder if that's kind of like what happens because when I moved to Calgary, I like was blindly like cocky, like I'm going to, this is going to be amazing. And then I had my biggest fail just like feeling like I fell flat on my face and then being like, okay, I got to just keep moving. Yeah. But you move ahead with caution a little bit more after that.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what I've gone through in the last couple months. And you know, you end up in a really good place, but you have to do the work to get there. And um, I, oh, hi, Leroy. <laughs> um, I'm so happy the space I'm in now because mm-hmm. the feeling that I feel in my salon is so amazing. It's so freeing. The vibes are so good, and it gives me opportunity to do the things I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to host education. I've always wanted to have photo shoots in my space, and and I've always wanted to build a salon culture of you know a team that felt like they were heard and they were in like really like the salon owner was on their side mm-hmm. and I never had that in any salon. And I want to provide that because I, I feel like it's hard to find that.
0: No, that's amazing. Thanks. I'm, I don't want to say proud. Cause I feel like that sounds like patronizing or something, but I'm like in awe of what you've done and it's amazing. And to see where you've come from, from what the past, have we known each other four years or three? I don't know.
1: It's, it's been a while.
0: 2015, I think. Okay. 2016. On our fourth 2016. year.
1: Okay. Third year. Oh, three years.
0: Yeah. And just from you reaching out to me on Instagram. Like a weirdo. No, I love it. I still <laughs> love, like, it's, I love when people reach out. I think it's like, it's the best way to get to know someone, right? Like, just like reach out. Don't be scared to DM someone. Someone else actually just messaged me the other day about the video. They're like, I remember seeing your video with that lady who you gave her 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 hair for free or whatever. And I was like, Oh, the constants like that video too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your videos are good. That's because I hire videographers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like this will help so many people that struggle with perfection or are scared to make the next step in their business. And they just need to learn. What What would be one word of advice you would give somebody who is maybe um, struggling with getting past the perfection
1: write down some lists of like must have things and goals that you have for and your why like figure out like why, if you want to open a salon, why do you want to open a salon and what's really important to you? Mm-hmm. And so when things get tough and you're like, I am a failure and I should just quit and sell this place and just go, you know,
0: live under a rock.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go get like a tiny home in like Wisconsin where nobody can find me mm-hmm. because yeah, I just want to live in nature and live off the land or something. Yeah you can look at that list and you could be like, okay, this is why I'm doing it Mm -hmm. and, and build a support system of people that you can count on and you can talk to whether that's your spouse or a friend or, you know, whoever therapist Mm -hmm. um, find that person because you're going to need to talk to people a lot and tell them what's going on in your brain because your brain is just going to be a big pile of jello. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, but it's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it because that feeling when you walk into your space and you see what you did
0: mm-hmm. and you
1: did it and nobody else did it for you. It's freaking cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it. I'm so excited for what the next six months and the next year and the next two years is going to be for you.
1: Thank you. I'm excited for you too. Thank you. It's fun to have supportive friends. Always. If people
0: yeah. aren't supportive, they're not your friends. If people can't celebrate your successes and your big wins, they're not your friends. Right. Go team, go team cheerleaders. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where can people
1: find you? Um, People can find me on Instagram at Constance Robbins and they can also, I'm on like other social media, but Instagram is definitely where I'm active. So, Um, and if you don't have an Instagram, you can search Constance Robbins and you'll find me like, just Google it. It'll be somewhere. (laughs) With Robbins with an S, right? Robbins with an S and two Bs. (laughs) so that's probably very confusing but like Baskin Robbins like the ice cream
0: oh ice cream mm-hmm. want some ice cream now okay well <laughs> I will wrap this up but thank you so much for joining me we should definitely do this again yeah, see maybe another thank six you. months see what we can chat yeah. about at
1: that point no I'm honored to be on your podcast I feel um I feel like this is a very special place and you've had some really incredible inspiring people so thank you so much
0: Oh my gosh, Constance, thank you for coming on my podcast. And thank you for being such a supportive loving friend. Honestly, you guys that are listening, you know how important it is to have supportive, encouraging friends in our industry. Sometimes it can feel really lonely, especially if we're in business for ourselves and we're working alone. It's good to have that support system. And as you can tell, Constance is one of those people for me. So thank you so much, Constance. And for those of you guys listening, if you want to check her out, she is a wicked colorist. She works with Matrix. Check her out on Instagram at Constance Robbins. You will not be disappointed. You for sure want to follow her. And thank you again for being here and hanging out. I can't wait to hang out with you guys next week.